Hey everyone, welcome to Pink Shade with Erin Martin. We've got a really fun show today because we're covering all kinds of reality TV. I asked Claire Freshette, a listener of Pink Shade, to talk to me about just a whole handful of shows. We're going to go through Real Housewives of New Jersey, a little bit of Atlanta, which I've definitely been watching but I haven't been talking too much about. We need to touch base on this show because it's very different this year, and I want to talk about why. We also, of course, talk about Love After Lockup, the true joy in my life, the gift of the gods from reality TV worlds. I mean, this thing is like pretty much the best show on television right now. If you're not watching it because you think it's too lowbrow, well, you're right, but it will really bring you so much happiness. It's Friday nights on WeTV. Set your DVR. You can even stream it from WeTV's website, or you can pretty much stream it from anywhere the day after. Uh, It's amazing. The casting for this year and the stories are just beyond what any writer could ever come up with. And then we're also going to talk about Vanderpump Rules. Um, I really have been critiquing 90 Day Fiance this year. I know you guys know this. I want you to remember, I love me some 90 Day Fiance, and I'm going to be so excited when the new seasons come out. However, now that we have finally ended the long slug through season six of 90 Day Fiance, I could not be happier. I really, truly need a break from this season's cast. And the drama just keeps on going with Colt and Larissa. I mean, it's insane. I'm actually going to be spilling... Some tidbits that I've been hearing about the case uh, that's going on that Colt and Larissa are going through, are going to be going through over on the Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash pinkshade, you can get a lot of bonus content and of course support the podcast. Thank you guys for signing up to do that. I really appreciate it. And we also have a fun little community over on our special exclusive Patreon Facebook page for Pink Shade. I also do fun stuff over there like go through throwback recaps. I'm doing one this week about the Betty Broderick movie, A Woman Scorned from Lifetime. Uh, It's a classic and I really encourage you to rewatch that if you've got four hours of your life to watch parts one and two. It's pretty much the most amazing thing still. I mean, all of these years later, even the bad quality that I had to watch it on off of YouTube that movie holds up both parts one and parts two. It's like Meredith Baxter Bernie is just a force. And I forgot how juicy, how good this movie was. Okay. So anyway, Lifetime is giving us some really good movies in the next couple of weeks. I'm definitely going to be DVRing them. Here is what's coming up on Lifetime. All right. It looks like on January 19th, which what is that? This Saturday? Yes. This coming Saturday, Escaping the Madhouse, the Nellie Bly story. It's starring Christina Ricci and wait for it, Judith Light. <laughs> How I love and miss Judith Light. It's this true story. It's based on a true story. Of course, it's fictionalized in its lifetime. But it's the story of a reporter who goes undercover into a way back in the day nut house for women. And she then gets shock treatment or something and forgets why she's there and actually questions if she's crazy. And Judith Light looks like the sadistic person in charge who's putting her through all of these things. And I don't know. It's it's about this woman escaping. It really reminds me of American Horror Story season two. Am I getting that right? I just binged a bunch of American Horror Stories over the holiday break and loved them. Loved them, guys. I mean, I didn't think I would. I did. But it's it reminds me of the premise of Asylum. 
Um, but of course, Lifetime is going to put their special spin on it. I'm totally checking it out. I might do a recap over on the Patreon. Who knows? But if you're interested in that kind of thing, it's this Friday, it's this Saturday night, 119, Escaping the Madhouse, the Nellie Bly story. Okay, so that's that one. The second one that Lifetime is putting out is the following weekend on January 26th. It's Love You to Death based a movie starring Marsha Gay Harden based on that Mommy Dead and Dearest Netflix documentary, The Gypsy Rose Story. Remember the Munchausen's by proxy and she killed her mom. It looks, again, like lifetimey magic. You know, I, I love these movies. I mean, I'll fully admit it. I love a good cheesy lifetime movie, but these actually look like good cheesy. So that is on the 26th of January, the following weekend. Totally DVRing that too. Check that out. It's the fictional adaptation of something that a lot of us have seen already, that documentary on Netflix about Gypsy Rose. All right, so those things are coming up. Also, this Friday night, I am all over this. ABC is airing a special 2020. It's called Divinely Unfaithful, and it is a two-hour story, two-hour documentary with new interviews, new footage about Tammy and Jim Baker and PTL and the whole scandal that rocked the world in the 80s. If you are around my age, you remember it, and or, or older, and it's it's just everything to me. I mean, I watched the trailer. The trailer's out there. You can look it up online, and it looks amazing. I had forgotten that I loved this scandal so much. So that is going to be something that I'm hoping to talk to someone about on this podcast. If you are interested in this story, if you lived through it, or if you're just a deep diver on PTL, if you're a Tammy Faye Baker uh, fan like I am. I loved her on The Surreal Life. Do you remember when she became like besties with Ron Jeremy on The Surreal Life? What That was like TV magic. Um, reach out to me. You can find me on, of course, the Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook group. You just type in Pink Shade with Aaron Martin on Facebook. Send me a request and you can come on in there. We dish about everything all week, but you can also message me and you can find me at Aaron Leah Martin on Instagram and Twitter, or you can go to pinkshadewitharenmartin.com and find my email on there. I am so, so down for this documentary, this 2020 special rather. So again, it's Friday night. It's on ABC. It's uh, Divinely Unfaithful, the Jim and Tammy Baker story, and uh, looks amazing. I also didn't know that Jim Baker was back on fucking TV. What? What? Who, who put him back on TV? I mean, I cannot believe this. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing what the hell's going on with these people. All right, what else? Oh, uh, Cult Talk is wrapping up my other podcast. You can follow at Cult Talk on social media platforms, and you can, of course, find Cult Talk with Aaron Martin on any podcast platform where you listen. If you haven't listened yet, you can jump in any time. It's really, uh, you know, something you can binge all at once or listen to one at a time. They're short episodes, all with Kobu survivors. I recently had a comic book author on who actually drew a graphic novel, really, who drew and wrote a graphic novel about his time in the Kobu, the cult my parents were in and the one I was born into. I am going to be interviewing a cult expert and a woman who does TED Talks on cults and how they change the brain. She's written a book called Shoes of a Servant. Her name is Diane Benscotter, and I'm going to be interviewing her next week. She'll be pretty much the last one or two episodes of Cult Talk. She's an ex-Mooney. 
and she has a, a really compelling story about her time in there. I'm listening to her book on Audible, Shoes of a Servant. I would highly recommend it. She reads it herself and I don't know. I, she suggested when I talked to her that I listen to her book rather than read it myself. And I'm glad I did because hearing her tell her story, which is very harrowing and shocking, um, is just is a different experience than reading it myself. So I, I really suggest that book if you're interested at all in cults and hearing from a survivor's story and also hearing from someone who has turned into really an expert on how cults operate because, oh my God, you guys, they are all the same, right? Even though they're different, they're all the fucking same. And speaking of, I'm listening to a great podcast that someone recommended on the Pink Shade Facebook page. Thank you for this recommendation, guys. It's called The Dream, and it's about multi-level marketing schemes. And oh, Lord, is it culty. It's fantastic. Some people criticize the hosts for, you know, kind of uh, interjecting their own opinions. I personally love when hosts do that. You know, I'm all about that. So I think they do a fantastic job. It's by Glamour Magazine. It's produced well. It has tons of research. They go through all kinds of different multi-level marketing schemes out there. One of the women who co-hosts the podcast actually joins one, and she talks about how much money she spends. She goes to a convention. She gets to know the people in it. I mean, they do boots on the ground research. I can't recommend this podcast enough. It's called The Dream. You can find it anywhere. It's about these direct sales businesses that are essentially operating like, of course, pyramid schemes and shysters and are so culty. It is unbelievable. I mean, it basically could be a cult podcast. Super, super interesting. Also, there was an oxygen special this week called Dirty John, the Dirty Truth. It was two hours long, and our good friend of the podcast and a podcaster in her own right, Aliza Rosen, is going to come on Pink Shade next week and talk to us about her role in helping produce this documentary. It is really compelling. It has a ton of information that I did not get on the podcast of Dirty John itself or the Bravo series. She actually had a hand in rounding up the Meehans, you know, the mom and the two daughters, and she is going to talk to us basically about, you know, how this all came together, what her role in it was, and we're, of course, going to dish about the documentary itself, which, like I said, just has a ton more information. I mean, this John, so much scarier than even I realized from listening to the entire Dirty John podcast or watching the Bravo series. It's just absolutely insane what a criminal this guy was. Uh, I think those are all the things that I really wanted to get out to you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm just like kind of looking for things to fill this time. I mean, of course I'm loving housewives, Vanderpump rules below decks wrapping up, which has been a fantastic season. We have, you know, love after lockup, only like five episodes left, but there's so much other good content out there. I want to hear your recommendations too. So send them to me, post them on the pink shade Facebook group. I love talking about all of this junk with you guys. So let me know what you're doing, what you're listening to, what you're looking at, what you're reading. And it's just going to be a fun winter, even though it's about uh, 10 degrees here where I am and it's gray every day. It's still fun because there's lifetime movies and there's cults and there's true crime. All right, guys, here we go. We're going to talk about Vanderpump Rules, Housewives, and Love After Lockup with Claire Freshette. Hope you enjoy. We had a lot of fun dishing on this stuff. 
Well, you guys, I'm here with one person among many of us who is obsessed with reality TV, and she's on the Pink Shade Facebook group. She's been listening to the podcast for quite some time, and she reached out to me to talk about pretty much anything I wanted to discuss. And so we developed like a long laundry list of things that we were interested in, and it came down to three, maybe three and a half shows that we're going to talk about today. And they are Real Housewives of New Jersey, Vanderpump Rules, and Love After Lockup, with a little bit of Real Housewives of Atlanta sprinkled in. Claire Freshette, thank you for joining us. Hi, Erin. Hi, everybody. Do you want to just How's briefly? Going? Yeah. Hey. Do you want to just briefly introduce yourself? We talked a little bit before we started recording, but just tell everyone a little bit about who you are. Hey, guys. I'm Claire, and I live in beautiful San Diego. I'm pray for me. I have two middle school children, and I have a wonderful husband, and <laughs> um, I teach Pilates at a resort. And when I get home, I'm listening to Erin and joking it up with you guys online. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And do you actually have a husband who watches this stuff with you or do you have to find other people Mm. like I do? Oh, it's rough, Erin. I hear you. But, you know, it was hard this weekend because it was a football playoff weekend. So I was really I was I had to really find the time. But I'm you know, it's more fun talking with you guys anyway. This is this is where it's at. Yeah, I know. I know. I have a I have a husband who we get together on the like the occasional Netflix documentary. We do Game of Thrones. You know, we have our shows, but when it comes to this stuff, it's like the north and the south. We are completely separated. You know. Yeah, he doesn't really respect a lot of the choices these uh, <laughs> families are making. And it's, you know, at some points it's not as aspirational as season 1 when we just saw them acting cute in their SUVs now it gets a little it gets it's it's out there but you know I'm I'm I like having my girl time so yeah it's a it's good this way too do you have you been watching the housewives since the very beginning like are you a long time viewer of bravo yes I saw the first episodes of bravo the uh, sorry in orange county yeah orange county was the first one yep yeah and I kind of went around with it but um, you know, some, it's like some seasons are great. Some seasons aren't. And with my, our laundry list, I was really surprised that I love New Jersey. I haven't watched it at all. And I'm just, I'm so glad I have a new show to watch because it's great. Oh my God. I'm so, I could cry tears of joy right now. I'm so <laughs> glad you said that because I feel like I'm out there like the Jehovah's Witness of Real Housewives yeah. of New Jersey. I'm like knocking door to door. Like, have you heard about how good New Jersey is this year? And I've always stuck with it because I just stick with all the housewives. But it, this season that Andy kept saying, and we never know whether to believe him or not, he kept saying, this season mm. is so good. They're bringing it back. It's awesome. And so far, I believe him. It's really good. You know what? They they um, advertise it as always a fight. And it isn't. You can have a good show without fights. Right. You can. Right. And it's still, it, there's a lot of, um, the new characters are fun. And Teresa is just adorable. And I love her energy. And she's a mommy. And her dad is there. And it's just all the, a lot of good stuff. It's fairly aspirational compared to other years. Yeah, it is. And the casting is right. The casting is right this season. You were saying you like the new girls. So you, you're happy with Jackie and Jennifer. Um, I think that they are going to give just enough drama, but a lot of eye rolls too. And that's what you want. You want to love them and a little bit hate them and see their closet. So they're giving us a lot of that. (laughs) Exactly. Jennifer is someone who everyone was just like, you know, just rolling their eyes out right out of the gate. But she is giving us good housewife material, specifically her house. 
like you said, uh, like speci- her yeah. closet. Specifically in this last episode, her packing skills and pouches. She was putting each espadrille in a bag. I have no idea how she's got four kids and it's just gently packing these things <laughs> and the boys are strangling each other. And, you know, it's like, wow, that's like, that's like she can sidebar anything. I know. And okay, does her husband hate her or what? What's your assessment oh, on this? Yeah. Of which one? Jennifer's husband. Who he, She told oh. him about the article that Jackie wrote about the kids being yeah. spoiled. And he was like, yeah, she makes a lot of good points. Oh, he's so laid back. It's Bill. <laughs> and you know what that reminded me of? It reminded me of that Ray Romano show when Deborah didn't bring the healthy enough snacks to soccer and he didn't care. And she kept trying to make him be on her side and bring not bring apples and something else. And he's, he was just so caught yeah. in the middle of it. Right. It's like, right. They're like, they're like Ray and Deborah on that show to me. This guy just does not care. I mean, she's no. like, I'm going to Turkey. I'm going to miss you. And he's like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See you when you get Lots back. Yeah. Good whatever. luck with yourself. <laughs> so he is, but he is such a strange dude, but it's like, well, he's married to her. Here's what I loved about this past week's episode. And when this is airing, so tonight it'll be on again. But last week she went to Turkey by herself and the Bravo cameras followed her there. Or the production cameras mm. followed her there. And I was like, this is really interesting. This is kind of out of the ordinary for a brand new housewife who's only mm. been on, you know, what, six, seven episodes now. If to go on a trip solo somewhere and not just tell everyone, hey, I'm leaving to go to such and such place and for them all to stay filming. They, they followed her. I'm like, they're really investing in her. They are. I wonder if that has to do with logistics and other people can't do things. So they just took the most interesting story. And Turkey is interesting to watch. And, you know, she she it was it was a beautiful event. And I never seen anything like that before. And it was, it just gave me a huge um, 90 day vibe with her 45 year old brother and that gorgeous girl, Melda. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Same here, girl. Same here. I was like, we're, is this like a 90 day crossover? I'm living yeah. for this. I'm living for this 90 day nod that Bravo's doing. Yeah. Her, her brother who scored this beautiful young girl. And I, but I loved how nice Jennifer was to her right away. And I love the idea of the families asking each other to marry. I don't know. There was something very cool about that. And I like seeing something I haven't seen before. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Actually, we have, my husband and I went to Turkey on a trip we did years ago, and it was one of our favorite places we've ever been to. We did Istanbul. And we, of course, we're tourists. You know, we did the big sites Mm. and the mosques and everything. But then we went to the, the countryside and saw so much and met people. And we just had a wonderful time. And it was I don't know. Seeing that on a Bravo show, I was like, this is interesting because this isn't a travel show. It's not a, it's not 90 day fiance for God's sake, but it has, but it's touching on elements that we'd love to see in a housewife show. I'm like, thank you, New Jersey. Yeah. Well, I'm behind that. The only funny thing about that event was when the bride's father accepts the proposal and he makes this little speech and I mean, what everything was, was lovely, but he did say, because they love each other because they love each other or they love one another. And I'm like, do they really love one another in two weeks or something? Right, they I just met each other like 48 hours prior. Yeah. <laughs> like 90 days actually a really long engagement compared to what's going on with them. But then, okay, so Jennifer takes issue with the mm. fact that Margaret, who I love, I love Margaret. Definitely. You do too. Her, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So she, she takes issue with Margaret saying, oh, my God, that's like what a mail-order bride when you marry someone so fast. It's like, well, what do you think people are going to say? Of course people are going to have comments. But it seems like they're going to turn that into now Jennifer versus Margaret. Oh, I I wrote that down. I believe that she got some training to say you need to have um, – well, it's um, not – you insulted my family – and she took an ambiguous statement, and they're real and hurtful, but that she she, want, she knows she has to have the story. So she was saying, oh, something negative is said. Good. Score for me. I'm going to hold on to this one. You know, she's been watching. She seems to have – she's already a ball player. She's a, she's a what? She's a player. She's a she's, – I don't know what she is. But she's she's, she's going to make a good housewife. She really is. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And she totally went to task with Jackie over that article, but she's also pivoting into a new argument seamlessly. It's like she is she is a ball player. Mm. I agree. She's a ball player. She's she's getting offended just like a good housewife should. Like offended by yes. everything. Now, do you think she should have been offended by that article Jackie wrote? Oh, well, the article she wrote, I actually read the whole thing. I did too. And, and it's in the NorthJersey.com website where she writes things called mini minivan musings. <laughs> mini <laughs> and that's her minivan musings. Okay. Uh-huh. And she's been writing these articles since uh, for about two years, December 2017. And she writes two articles a month over there. Her first one was Overcoming Mom Brain. Mm-hmm. And she and yeah. so she doesn't have the hugest um you know, it's not like you every day practically coming out with new content and everything, but she definitely takes this seriously. And they definitely knew she was a writer in this paper before. So everybody must have had a feeling that whatever you're going to do, she's writing about it. Yeah, exactly. So, That's why I was like, why is anyone surprised? Are they surprised because none of them are literate, which is probably true of Teresa. <laughs> I mean, let's be let's be Ter- real. The, let's be real. Yeah, yeah. Teresa, the Ter- writer, we know is part is probably illiterate. <clears throat> I'm coughing over here. Oh, but for for real, this cast. I don't think they've ever faced someone who is at Jackie's level. I was Jackie and Margaret seem to be matched intellectually more so than anyone else. Yeah, I wrote down Teresa versus rookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the rookies are are good picks. I mean, they might be mm-hmm. rookie of the year. Jackie might be rookie of the year. She seems like a, she seems like a good casting choice in the way that Margaret was a good casting choice in the way that Dorinda was a good choice for New York. Like a firecracker, but likable is making friends with a long-standing housewife pretty easily and seamlessly. Like how Jackie is hooking up with Melissa, and Melissa really likes her. I think she's. I think she was, she's a really good choice to last if she can handle yeah, and it. She, she has her imperfections and she, she knows that. So it's, you know, you have to have to see their flaws and say, okay, that's, I, I can, re- I can relate to that a little bit. And just that she has four kids and they're all adorable. Like, how do you do that? Wow. I know <laughs> they have so many kids. I can't even imagine. I'm just not, I, that's not my calling. I can't do it, but bless them. Bless them yeah. for it. Okay. Let's actually just skip over to Atlanta since we have so many shows. We're just going to touch okay. on each one. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about how Atlanta is so much different this season. And a lot of people are calling it boring, but you were saying hmm. it's kind of sweet. What do you think oh. is sweet about it this season? Well, Cynthia Bailey 
first of all, let me just say, these women are gorgeous. I know. I mean, I'm looking at the screen like, how is anyone's eyes that color? I mean, she's just, these are beautiful women. They have beautiful homes. Um, it's pretty TV. It's college. a pretty show. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've got that Bailey, the dog, and that haircut to perfection. And um... <laughs> right. Right. True. <laughs> Even the dogs are pretty. Right. And then she obviously was following, you know, that tidy up show. And she took that ethnic top out of her drawer and says, you know, I'm going to wear that to Howard University for when I go to drop off Noelle. Because I've been waiting to wear this awesome <laughs> ethnic top. And so she, she puts that on. She's an amazing mother. The the, the dad is there. And um, I don't know. I thought that was great. I didn't I, 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 I didn't think that was boring either. Some people were saying, oh, my God, this college drop-off. I'm like, I found that really compelling. I don't know if it was just the mom part of me. I mean, I'm not even close to there yet with my own daughter. But when, like, her daughter was crying at that going away party mm. and they had that moment in the hallway and then when they dropped her off and I don't know. I liked it. I like that and, stuff. Yes. And you know what? That leads to my favorite Nini because she called her right up. She knew just who to call. Yes, she did. And this is the Nini I like. She gives good, encouraging device. And I think, just think about this one. I think Nini would be an amazing 911 operator. Oh, my God. <laughs> Girl, you need to sit right down. Like <laughs> She would be like, right? listen, is he breathing? Check again. Well, he shouldn't be. She would be. know exactly what to do. She's calm. She's vicious. And she's efficient. She can put things together on the fly. And she's a very clear speaking. I would, wouldn't you watch that? I would she love that. would be an amazing, you know how they do those like people, undercover <laughs> bosses, like people who yes! go into jobs. She would be like, just for a day to do a call, like maybe not 911, but like a, like a, like a call center and some kind of emergency situation. Oh my God. You're right. You're right. I loved when Cynthia called her too. And this season for Nini is an entirely new story. And it's not a story. It's her real life. And it's Greg's real life. But for her, for the purposes of the show, her main storyline is being Greg's caretaker. And this past week, she really talked about how that was taking a toll on her. And I think her just even getting honest about that was a really... A cool moment in a way that it shows us another layer of her. I've been a Nini defender for a long time, even when she's acting like a complete asshole, because I just think she is such a good housewife. But I like seeing these other layers of her. And let's all take a moment. And this is what I got out of it. Colon health, get tested and live through it. Super wonderful message. And my uncle Dave just came home from the hospital yesterday because he had exactly well, I don't know exactly, something what Greg has. And I think we should all tell our uncles to watch this episode. Seriously. Because if more Uncle Daves get to watch this, they'll say, oh, that could be me. And yeah. he came home from it, so it's the right one to show. Right. I mean, this is the this is the positive alternative to using a Housewives platform for outreach as opposed to, like, the Vicki Brooks cancer scam. Oh. Like, drink smoothies and pretend you have cancer <laughs> and pretend it's healed. The bullshit that happened. I mean, this is almost like Bravo no. trying to redeem itself through a legitimate, <laughs> legitimate situation. And Nini and Greg, I think, are being they're being a good mix of vulnerable and real, but also not going down the Shannon Bedore route of just complaining all of the time and alienating viewers. Yeah, we're all set with that. Yeah, we're all set. I'm all set. I'm all set. 
Oh my God. So I was actually just talking to uh, someone else for the Patreon this week about the Betty, Betty Broderick story. I can never say it. Do you remember yeah. that? And I was, and oh, we yeah. were talking about the Oprah episode. Yes. We talked all about the Oprah episode. Yes. And we were actually drawing all of these parallels between Shannon Bedore, Shannon and David and Betty and Dan. And it was like scaring us. But anyway. Wow. Well, <laughs> anyway. you know, I can, I know she, it, well, that's David got out. That's what he did. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. So last thing for Atlanta, what do you think about Portia's new man? I mean, I'm so happy that she's pregnant for her, but what do you think about this relationship? I could only look at how her eyelashes were past her nose. I couldn't oh God, hear or see so anything long. else. <laughs> they're so fucking long. They're, it's actually, I think, a time in our lives where we're going to look back on this and say, what was going on with women's eyelashes? It's kind of like how I look at my wedding photo from the early 2000s. And I'm like, where are my eyebrows? Like, what? why did I do that to myself? You know, when everyone had like the really thin eyebrows? Mm. Right now <laughs> is the eyelash moment that has jumped the shark for a lot of these women. Yeah, eyelashes are the new black. Um. <laughs> They're the new no eyebrows. Everyone thinks it looks really good, the more extreme. And it's like, oh, shit. I don't know that you're going to be happy with that look later on. Yeah. Now, we're, now, were they the one that started off this episode where she had gas and um, in bed? Is this is that the couple we're talking about? She had gas um, in bed. She was eating a hot pickle during a heart-to-heart later. Mm-hmm. That's oh, the couple. right. And so I was surprised that their ideas to alleviate the gas symptoms were to try anal play. Because, you know, this is year 2019. There are more sophisticated and well-known OTC medications for these small little problems. They talk about <laughs> ass so much. I know. They talk about <laughs> ass so much. It's like... I. I know it's it's a little too much. Atlanta is known for that. They love talking about that, and the way they were oh. grilling Cynthia's uh, new boyfriend too. It was pretty funny, but they were all about that ass talk too. I'm it's like, funny. I don't know how much more of this. Nose? Yeah, I don't. I can't <laughs> take it. Try play. <laughs> for real. I know that's their solution, but the deal. But the deal with him getting like other women's names tattooed on him and her, her opening up this week was interesting to me, and maybe one of the moments I appreciated about Portia more so than other times where she said, you know, I feel myself going down that path where I'm defending a man for behaviors that I'm not okay with. She basically said that in so many words, in her Portia way of saying it. And I thought that was truly insightful for someone who's almost never insightful. Like how she confronted him and she talked about her old relationship with Cordell and how she used to defend Cordell when they were questioning him. And now everyone's questioning Dennis for some really shady behavior. That I think he is probably not completely innocent of. And she actually said, I'm defending you, but I'm faking a lot of it. And I don't want to be that person. So you need to be real with me. I, I don't know. I liked that. Yeah, that was real. And, um, you know, they go on these shows and they're willing to put themselves out there. And they know that day's going to come. And they just never know when it's all going to explode. Must feel really intense with babies and all that. But do you think this Dennis hot dog guy is a good guy? Like, do you think this is the one? <laughs> oh, I know he's yeah, the father definitely. of her child. He's perfect. Why would you want to change him? He's the best. <laughs> he has hot dogs. He has hot pickles. <laughs> he loves her eating a hot pickle in bed. Okay, let's talk about Vanderpump Rules a little bit. We were discussing James uh, before we started recording. Oh. We We really just need to focus on him, I feel like, because he is... As you mentioned, carrying this this season on his shoulders. Amazing. And, you know, I thought it was 
interesting how he could call them sluts all day long, but the minute he says, "You weigh too much," <laughs> uh oh, red flags. You're 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 dust. You're you know you're dead meat. You can't call me fat. You, you know, all day long for years and years, he's been miserable, not very nice to them. But he's called Katie them whores. He's called them bitches. <laughs> he's called them everything in the book. I mean, yeah, you're right. And they've all called each other stuff. It's interesting to me that like they're ever going to draw a line with workplace harassment. The whole show's premise is workplace harassment. That's mm-hmm. what Vanderpump Rules is all about. Yeah, I thought it was a really bold move, but in the way it, she was probably correct to complain because Agreed. this is what everything this is the this is the times we're living in and I think um he I thought it was an amazing episode when Lisa I thought, another thing like that was my favorite Nini, this is my favorite Lisa. And I haven't been watching too much Vanderpump. I like your uh, recaps. And I just love Lisa in this show. She's strong. She's smart. She's rich. She's awesome. And all she wants is a cup of tea and then she's happy. <laughs> I've always liked her so much better on Vanderpump Rules than I have on Real Housewives. And I, because I think she's a show pony and she has to be the one in charge and she has to be above the fray. That's her position she likes to be in. And that's why she has written into her contract in recent years on Beverly Hills that she will not be a part of certain conflicts, that she will not be the villain. Now this year, just to get into a little side gossip, what we're hearing from very reliable sources is that there's a new production company for Beverly Hills, for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and that LVP is being treated the same as everyone else, and that has a huge part to play with her quitting filming, in addition to her personal tragedy. Well, no. she has too much going on. I mean, how could she, can she? She's got rescue dogs and restaurants and Ken. I mean, it's, she's got. I don't know how she does all this. And I, I saw that the the crew wrote in one of those comments they put on that that she always is this elegant, well put together, two in the morning filming airport. Doesn't matter. She's just always terrific. So. She's not perfect, but that's that's okay. But on this show, I really like her. I like her on she's Vanderpump right Rules. Kids. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a school mar- She does the school marm thing. She does, oh, darling, you know, tell me your problems and let me fix them for you. So with James, though, she can't fix James. <laughs> I mean, nobody can fix James. But her sitting down with his mom was really interesting because it was almost like she was even playing school marm to James's mom. You should be his mom, his what, woman, female oh role model, God. right? What did you say? It said, you should be his, she, I forget. Her, his like. mom said to LVP, you know, well, you're really a mother figure to him. And she says, you are his mother. Yes, <laughs> that's like, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've been told that as a teacher before, interestingly enough, like, well, you know, you, they look up to you as a, a parent and you want to say you are their parent, <laughs> like, you know, but yeah. that's, it's, it's an enabler kind of language that we're hearing mm-hmm. there. And then when we saw, I don't know if you saw it yet, I posted it on the Pink Shade Facebook page and it's been making its way all around social media, the notebook paper that, sh- that James's mom wrote a whole rebuttal about, you know, James's poor treatment and how everyone is calling him out for things. And she had a lot of good points on there, a lot of good points about how, you know, Kristen has 
literally physically assaulted James before on camera, yet Kristen is calling out James for being inappropriate now, or how other cast members have done this and that. So I get it, but it was it was kind of an enabler move for Mommy to post that too. So I'm of two minds on that. You know, I don't understand, and, he, and they put in the previous, where he was out to lunch, and when he got fired and he said something like, I'm supporting my parents. That's and I'm paying their rent. Mm-hmm. And so why she can't have him lose his job. <laughs> That's why she's enabling this, right? And she herself, you know, is trying to overcome an addiction. And she is not at a place, it seems like, where she can even go there to help her son. And he doesn't even really under he, he doesn't really accept or understand what's going on with him. Only he can do that, you know? Well, I, I had an idea about that. When they were at lunch, his brothers look extremely Emily British, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Hey, you know what? What if they went on Maury Povich and they did one of those DNA test episodes with his brothers? And it's because dad looks nothing like them. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I know. Okay, wait. We have to talk about this. James's dad is living with that weird dude that James was living with. That came out on this episode, too. I was like, what? What is, who is why, that guy? Why do they have no money? I don't understand. It's very strange. And I mean, I don't get it. It's really sad. See, this is why I don't want to feel bad for James because he acts like such a monster and he does do some unforgivable things. But then I guess I am always forgiving him because I have such sympathy for him, for his circumstances, for like in, the, in those moments where he's crying and breaking down, it's like, oh God. And so... I think the Lisa role where she's feeling the same way is is relatable to many viewers where you're like, God, he just needs to be fired. And then she fires him and then she's like, oh, but he's supporting his family. Oh, and then she goes to his apartment, you know, which was totally clean. And he, no one even asked him to do it. That's impressive. I mean, Jax would never have done that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Jax doesn't even shut the door when he takes a shit. I mean, let's be real. The camera crew deserve awards for going through that at his apartment yeah that's that's they should get hazard pay oh my god (laughs) well anyway so let's move on to love after lockup because that is a show that we could talk about forever but we need to touch on the couples that we saw this past week this show really truly truly and i'm saying this you guys out there who aren't watching it is worth a watch i know it sounds like the lowest form of entertainment you can possibly ever ingest but it, it truly will bring you so much joy if you just want something light to watch. It sounds heavy because it's about prisoner, you know, ex, ex-cons dating people on the outside, but it's so campy. It's by Sharp Productions, which does 90 Day Fiance, and despite the heavy shit show of 90 Day this year, Love After Lockup is giving us early 90 Day vibes. Like, goofy, also, like, tragic, but not in in a way that makes you super depressed or anything. There's so much to laugh at. I just, I love it. I could not love it more. I know that people throw their name in, but I still don't know how they find these people. I don't believe it. It's just impossible. This reminds me of you really couldn't make this stuff up. That's what's amazing about this. If this was a scripted show, you'd never believe it. It would be, what is that? The series, the, you can't believe it. It it just, it it would be impossible. Exactly. If this were a scripted show, we would be like, what drugs are these writers on? 
No one could have come up with this. Like, are you kidding me? Okay, speaking of, let's talk about the most absurd storyline on the whole thing. There is a threesome situation going on. There's a three-way relationship happening that two parties don't know about. (laughs) Actually, there's two. There's two. There's two. There's two. That's right. Brittany. Okay, let's start with Megan, Michael, and Sarah. So Sarah and Michael, who was just released from prison, are married. They have a daughter, Aviana. Sarah goes to pick up Michael. She's happy to see him. It falls apart quickly because he is a sociopath. He's definitely going to end up back in prison. I mean, there are spoilers out there about that, but he's so, like, not ready for the outside. And he also has proposed to another woman on the side while he was in prison, Megan, who is allegedly a virgin taking sex classes through Skype so she can lose her virginity to her true love, her king, Michael. Mm. Now, Megan has no idea that Michael's already married. And Sarah, Michael's wife, has no idea that Michael has proposed to another woman and plans on leaving her at some point for this other woman. Yeah, just like a spy. (laughs) Just like a spy. Can you believe this guy can even manage this? I mean, he looks like he has... (laughs) one brain cell firing when he talks he could barely string a sentence together and he is he's like masterminding this like he's some kind of kaiser so say yeah <laughs> what the hell and his mother's complicit and it's uh and funny another funny thing about this little love triangle is that megan beautiful girl that she is but she she wears this wig sometimes and um, she tends to have it on when she's waiting for his call for two days. <laughs> and so, but I have to, she looks so different with it on. I thought there was another girl. For a I thought there was like four people in this relationship. <laughs> You're like, who's that fourth person? <laughs> and then I think it's hilarious that, well, not hilarious, but it's Sarah, when she's speaking to her daughter or she's, it's not the confessional, what I don't know what you call it, but she's talking to the camera. She speaks just you know, normal. But when she talks to Michael, she picks up on this fluent Detroit accent and terrible grammar. <laughs> she, she is goes so back and forth, back weird. And forth. It's very strange. I know. And it's like she just wants to get on that level with him and show that, I don't know, like they're the king and the queen. It's really disturbing. I know everyone has comments on to that. Him, I don't even, like, she had to work at that accent. It's Absolutely. like when you or I try to do an Australian accent, we really can't do it. Exactly. You know, for very long. Yeah, it's just, it's, I, I don't, there's, good luck with that. Good, good luck, luck with that. that. Good luck with that is right. They actually showed previews because we're midway through the season. There's only five episodes left, which almost makes me cry. I can't even think about it. I want there to be 20 episodes left. But we're midway through, so they showed a mid-season trailer, or preview, rather. And it shows Sarah and Megan actually meeting up face-to-face. Do you think that's going to come soon, or are they going to make us wait till the end for that? Well, uh, I think it's going to come soon because I wouldn't be surprised if Megan just finds some way to figure out this phone that he's on and just start driving towards it and find him, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I was like, how could she just be sitting around in her kitchen eating apples? Like, where are you now? Huh? Where are you now? I'm like, track his phone. He's on a phone. Like, it's, it's not even his phone. What number is he calling you from? It's his wife's number. Track that phone. It's so absurd. I have to think there's some weird production involved in, in keeping this all like, oh, nobody knows, because they have got to be figuring this out. Oh, man. Do you imagine being the cameraman and be like, oh, this is so awkward. I He's have said it in talking. my recaps, like, over and over again, the camera crew for this 
truly, I mean, we joked about hazard pay before with Jax taking the open door shits. <laughs> this is a whole new level on Love After Lockup. I mean, the softcore porn that they have had oh. to film between Sarah and Michael. Why? That was mean. The hillbilly think... grunting that they had oh. to listen to with Clint and Tracy. I, it, the list goes on, guys. I mean, there is the pocket chain, the pocket <laughs> chain. They had to follow Caitlin and Matt into the woods to watch them have dirt pile sex. <laughs> there, it, it talk about sperm in her belly. It is just, it goes beyond. They need full hazmat suits to film this show, which I, I, I couldn't love it more. Okay. So speaking of threesomes, yeah, Brittany and Marcelino. So Marcelino is definitely like the psychopath murderer of the group. I stand by that. Brittany was just released from prison. She seems the most well-adjusted despite her really tragic backstory. What could be worse? She has a former lover from inside of the women's prison, Amanda, who she still has a lot of feelings for, who she invites over. They go swimming at the hotel pool. I smell a production set up with this because Marcelino's like, okay, I'm going to leave you alone for a few hours. And this is the guy who's like all over her like a cheap suit 24-7. Like he never leaves. So as soon as he leaves, Amanda's invited over. But Brittany's bright idea is like, you know, I still have feelings for Amanda. So I'm going to see if Marcelino, the psycho, wants to have a threesome. (laughs) Oh, man. That's good. That's brutal. Well, I think he is the very worst version of Snoop Dogg. He has no hair. He is not funny. He hates drugs and jail. And I think he might even hate Britney. I don't know what he's doing with her, honestly. What is he doing with her? You know what he's doing with her? He wants a project. He wants to save her. He has this weird, like, savior complex. And he is going to save her against her own will like he doesn't even care if she's interested in being saved he's he he is going to do it by force that seems like the kind of dude he is yeah militant i don't like him i think he's bad and um he's not he's not going to stick around long when he realizes the exciting plans she has made for him no i know but <laughs> he i think could probably honestly he could probably use a threesome i mean do you think he would he would benefit from it oh my it God. might change him Make, make, open him up a bit. We need to, the real victim here is Amanda. I mean, my God! Oh, like don't don't subject seem, her like, to so that. Sweet. Don't subject she her to that, like Brittany. A nice person. I know. I know. This is the funny thing about this show. You end up really liking the ex inmates more than the people on the outside. I need a friend not like always. Sasha. Sasha, her friend, her. Now she I forget if they were Sellies or Bunkies. I forget which one. She was but great. She was- I forget what's the difference between a celly and a bunkie. I think one of them. I think is they were bunkmates. <laughs> but she was a what a good friend she was. She just laid it all out there. This is my friend, and this I we are family. And right. she was not taking anything else. That's it. So right. good for her. Right. I like that friend. Mm-hmm. Now okay. needed a friend like that. I I spoke too soon when I said we like the XMAs because actually this season it is a mixed bag because Lizzie, <laughs> Lizzie and Tracy. <laughs> are like two of the biggest con artists. Lizzie definitely wins the award for like hustler of the year, hustler of the year, longest con too. longest. I mean, what is she? She's strung Scott along for almost a decade. He has no teeth left. 
He has like two Aww. teeth left. He had some last season, didn't he? Have more? He's I been losing. He he's they've been go, they've been dropping like oh, flies. I know. Got to take vitamin D, Scott. You got to keep those. He doesn't have money do to fix them. He spent all of his money on Lizzie. Spent ninety thousand dollars on this chick, and she is actually sitting at dinner on this week's episode, ordering all of the shellfish in the ocean, and talking about her <laughs> old days in prison where she used to trade meth for shrimp from the kitchen, which is. <laughs> Fun fact, everyone. We learned so much. Like, hang your clothes up on your bunk to hide your, you know, for sex. Like, trade meth for shrimp. Uh, take care of your teeth because they don't fix yeah. them in prison. Things like that. But, yeah, so she's actually blaming Scott for her continued heroin use by saying, well, you know, my daughter thinks you enabled me and you gave me money for drugs. And, you know, I could have died, Scott. I was like, are you kidding me, lady? Like, I don't know. I was so pissed off watching her take no accountability for actually manipulating this guy to enable her. Of course he enabled her, but that's what her mission was. I am a drug addict, alcoholic, strip, stripper, hooker, but I am not a thief. That's what she said. <laughs> Slow clap. I, I, do you know, when you started reading that, I thought you were talking to me. I thought you were like, I am a drug addict. I am a hooker. Well, I'm, I'm like, what, Claire? Over. Who are you? It's only 10 o'clock. I've you, got time. I thought you talked Pilates. <laughs> I'm in San Diego. You can put a lot in. You can, it's not cold or anything. I thought you were so. teaching yoga, girl. Okay. No, she's so proud of herself that she's not a thief, but she's all of those other things. Yeah. I mean, how right. long until she, I mean, Scott is going to have to tell her at some point his funds are dried up. We just saw his credit card get rejected. How long before she is out the door? I think that this argument is her way of trying to break up. I don't think she wants to be with him. She She's ready to walk. She's ready. Yeah, And um, yep. she just doesn't have any fundage. So until she can uh, hustle her next, uh, I don't know, somebody, anybody, she's... Um, it's such a terrible example to her daughter, too. I know. But at least they're not getting it on right in front of the kids. That I appreciate. But I that's do. all part of the hustle. It's all that's part of all the part hustle. Of I feel so badly for her daughter and then Scott's son, but especially for Jasmine, her daughter, because she hasn't had a mother. And then this is ugh, this is who comes it, out. And she's it's still a huge a fantasy of what her mom and her relationship could be. It and is. who could blame her? She's just 19. She's just a beautiful girl. And then um, they were having like a slumber party with putting on the makeup and do like this outfit on me. And it's like, it's so sad because, you know, Lizzie is so close to going right back where she came from because she is the ultimate hustler. She will never stop. She's never going to. She's trading in shrimp. I mean, I can't wait to see what's in her purse when she goes to the grocery store trying to buy groceries. <laughs> oh, my God. What is she going to trade for it? Seriously. Scott's crown that she probably found on the side of the road. No, she doesn't have to go buy drugs to go buy groceries. Like you just, I don't think she understands how it works. She does not understand how it works. But she is going to figure it out because she is a hustler. She will find another guy. I mean, as, as soon as Scott's money runs out, she does not want him for his uh, for his body, let's say. Only his heart. Only his heart. <laughs> that's what she said before. She basically said, I'm dating an ugly dude, and that's okay because I like his heart. I accept I, that he's hideous, and I don't want to have sex with him because I'm scared because I know I'm not going to like it. And, that's, and she said, but luckily, I'm a born-again virgin, so yeah, everything is perfect. All of a sudden. Yeah. Good plan. Hmm. So, okay, we have to talk about Tracy. <laughs> the other hustler... <gasps> 
who is not even trying to pull a long con. She oh, is just like morning. doing tequila shots, anyone? <laughs> Seriously? And she is like doing the shortest con ever. She's like, can I have your credit card? I'm going to go buy a wedding dress. And then I think she never comes back. I mean, I predict she never comes back. That looks like she... what's going to happen. Wow. And I love it how he writes, she was a party girl, but now badly wants to change her ways. Two more tequila shots. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> At 9 a.m. I mean, come on. <laughs> exactly. And Clint, I mean, okay, what is wrong with Clint? What is wrong okay. with him? He reminds me of Chris Elliott in 1994's movie Cabin Boy. Do you remember that movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. With the blonde hair. Yes. Yes. When he had that one look on his face, but Chris Elliott was making comedic jokes. That is just his face. Oh, my God. <laughs> Clint. He, there is nothing Done. that can actually be done. I cannot believe this man was married twice before. Three his, times. No, this is. Oh, I oh, thought he was okay. married twice before. This will be his third. We all know it's not going to happen. But that ex-wife that agreed to come on camera the first episode, she seemed halfway normal. How did that happen? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I, I don't know. His his mom is giving him funds and she's like writing little lists out for him. Like, okay, now when you go here, now you put the gas in the hole in the back of the car after you take the cap off. I mean, it's that level of instructions for Clint. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and didn't he pick a nice restaurant? I think for the engagement of your third wife, you need to get it right. I think they chose a restaurant that was looks like it's going to close. It nobody is sitting in that restaurant. The chairs look uncomfortable. The macaroni and cheese is terrible. And I think if they would have gone to Applebee's, they would have been a lot happier. And then she wouldn't have to sip um, that cocktail straw on her engagement night because there's better a happy hour, which is all that she really cares about. That's all that she cares about. She is like, give me the drinks. I don't care if there's a hair in your food. I don't care if you have a wallet chain. I don't care if both of our teeth are the color of oranges. Yeah, just give oh me a gosh, drink. With that Pirates of the Caribbean makeup and the tattoos oh are God. popping out of that and what a kind of dress I don't care but it's you know that's her thing and she's just really bold and colorful and exciting and uh, I don't I don't I don't know what's going to happen to her I hope she's okay because you just get the feeling she's in some blacked out puddle somewhere in the middle of the street I think that's exactly where she is and Clint has no clue what he just signed up for I mean I know that he signed up to be on a show. I don't even know if he knows how shows work, so he might not even know that he's on TV yet. I'm serious. His his, his mental skills are actually, like, horrifying to me. I, I think – I don't even know that he should have been able to sign a contract. <laughs> That's the level I think he's at. But he actually rips off his mic next week or the week after they showed a preview, and he's like, I'm not doing this shit anymore, and he's going crazy because I think she takes off with his rental car, his credit card, his debit card – the lingerie he bought her, everything. I think she just takes off. I don't think wow. he sees her again. But I could be wrong. I don't know. That's the kind of vibe I'm getting, but who knows? Okay, so Caitlin and Matt are tragic. We oh, yeah. are obviously not going to see a happy ending for them. But mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting from what we're seeing come out kind of behind the scenes now from articles and things. They're not addressing Caitlin's backstory of having a child. 
Oh, no. I didn't even know that. Or her being married twice before. (laughs) News to me. Right. News to me, too, until I read that. And I was like, huh? And she will be, everybody, if you're not on Kate Casey's podcast, I know many of you listen to that, but uh, go download Kate Casey's Reality Life with Kate Casey this Friday because she interviews Caitlin on her podcast. Mm. And um, I feel like she's just a woman who's making some terrible decisions. You know, obviously. I see why you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, obviously. You no. Know- you know, just let's just start with her decision to rent that cabin. I mean, have you seen that place? She's got well, that stump in the middle, and she <laughs> just had sex in, a, in, a, in the woods. Choices? I mean, that yeah. was like that was like a move up compared to her first pit stop. <laughs> Don't know, gosh, I mean, but she's um, obviously really trying to fix the past with. The, you know recreating the same scenario over and over again I don't know she doesn't she I did see that Matt was sweeter than I expected him to be he he kept he kept trying to do and say the right things to uh Vicky at the uh what was that some family rose restaurant cafe yeah right and then she was slammed her phone and it it was a it was a mess I um, felt for her. Was... I felt for her you know the, the the resentment she has toward her mom is justified you know and that's a common trait of adult children of alcoholics or addicts. I mean, it's, it's hard, but then she, you're right. She's just recreating the pattern with Matt. It's going to end badly. He's going to go back to his old ways in like 2.3 seconds, you know? Yes. The fact that she's so delusional that she says on the show, you know, Matt's really been there for me in the past two days. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank God. It's like, so has my plumber who's literally been here for two days. I mean, yeah. What and what about hell? that five thousand dollar tooth thing? I mean, I thought that they just should have. Uh, they need to find one of those um, John Benet tooth retainers. You know that the ba- the the pageant babies flippers. can get the those flippers. fake teeth. Yeah, yeah, that's what they need. Yes. They need to go on eBay and set up one of those things for him. I Can't say five thousand dollars. They the watch the show back and then go mm-hmm. to that roadside where Scott picked up Lizzie and just search for the crown laying there in the ditch because you know it's still there. <laughs> But now that I think about it, that must have been really depressing for him, losing a tooth like that, because he can't just get one again. I agree. That was it. I can't believe they stopped looking. I was like, you got to keep looking for that. I mean, he is running on four. He's running on four teeth maybe at this point. That was his fifth tooth. You can't. He hates soup, and he has to have it every day. <laughs> he every day. Oh, my God, Claire. You are so much fun. I love that you watch all of this stuff and, uh, you know, have no shame in your game about it. I don't either. So, <laughs> Well, not to you guys. I mean, yeah. I don't get to talk about all this good stuff with everybody. <laughs> just just with the special, wonderful people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's been a real interesting season, all of these shows. I'm, I'm really learning a lot about jail. I'm learning a lot about relationships, and I'm really glad I've been married almost with uh, 24 years. <laughs> so, I did good. I picked wisely, and I treat nicely, and um, this is, to see these people, it's amazing that they walk through life like this. It really I, is feel-good TV, them right? a lot of luck and a lot of love. Yeah. I do, too. Good, yeah. It's hard. Thank you, Claire. Yeah so, it's, yeah. so what's your favorite out of all of them right now? You're into the Love After Lockup. I am. I'm really loving Love After Lockup because, like I said, it feels just 
even though it's 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 got this dark kind of background to it and this premise, there's something about watching it that just feels light and fun. Now, I don't know why that is, but it does. It feels like early 90 Day Fiance, where it's serious situations, but they're being treated and presented in a campy enough way that it's entertaining to me. I'm loving New Jersey. I'm I'm liking Vanderpump Rules. I'm liking Atlanta. I'm looking forward to Beverly Hills coming back because I feel yes. like this whole LVP thing is going to be really interesting to see how the cast completely kind of turns on who was who was the self-professed queen. I'm also um, right at the beginning, as we all are, of Married at First Sight. I have not caught up on The Bachelor. Oh, and- I loved it. Okay. You did. You, I didn't want. I've been. I'm going to catch up. We're recording this on Monday. I'm going to catch up tonight. I didn't watch the three hour beginning because, like, as we were talking about earlier, I you can't. It's like hard to fit all this shit in. You're like, when am I going to watch these shows? They're yeah, like three you have hours to. Long. You got to fast through a lot of it. And it was. It wasn't. There was some things I liked about it. He's at least a dude. <laughs> and but uh, you know he there's they went over the same subject way too much and it's like okay we've all said that i've heard it let's move on to something else why are we all talking about that virgin thing constantly it's like it's not the most interesting thing about that guy they really or maybe need to it move is on from but that. after he said the answer 10 times why do you have to keep asking it's i'm sick of it it's gonna get played but, out very fast it already has been played out even before the season started you know that's it it has been played out that's yeah. exactly that's, yeah yeah well anyway yeah, the, you know i think it's just the editing on this love, love after lockup they're just so these guys must be hilarious i mean i love it where he says uh, Clint and Tracy are at the their engagement table, and he says, "Don't I bring you to a classy place, baby?" And then we see the camera show a screw off wine bottle pour at the table next. To them. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. And then Clint is pulling like a full, like twelve inch long head hair out of his <laughs> freaking entree. What do he have? Mac and cheese? It's like disgusting. And then he's like, "It's so elegant, baby. It's so elegant." I he's in love the it. whole restaurant business. I you'd think he would have pulled a few strings. Oh I don't God. think he's had a different job. I mean, don't they have some reciprocity program? He could have found a place. Would you that. want Clint like dealing with any of your food products? Like, let's keep it real. I cannot believe he is in the restaurant industry. Or I thought he was in the hotel industry. I don't... Yeah, well, hospitality. Yeah, I think he said he's at the he's a clerk of some kind. Oh, he please let him be a clerk. I cannot. I cannot live in a world where Clint is <laughs> handling food. I can't. I can't do it. Oh my Although, god! That would be like Nini for a day. I'd like to watch. I'd like to see him taking orders, putting them on the table. <laughs> Set him People up at Chick Fil A. Like did everything wrong. Right. Yeah, it's not an easy job. I mean, as we see from. Uh, Vanderpump servers they don't not. have it easy I mean at some point they all they all go wacky so well not all I mean we, my favorite comedians like Kathleen Mag- Madigan she was I think a waitress for a while but you know the, it's it's a hard job you have it's to super really hard. Have to act together yeah. I did it all through college and yeah it wow. I, I was exhausted yes well Clara thank you so much this was really fun. oh my pleasure I'm this was hilarious you're the best Erin I love you I thank love you for you. all of your help I, I could my house would have no laundry done if it was wasn't for you I always have you on when I'm doing it and <laughs> taking care of the house and I need you so you have to do this forever okay oh. that's the only problem you, you can never stop <laughs> oh you know what I, I at this point I plan to I'm having so much fun 
So thank you for good. saying that. I mean, that makes yeah. me feel really good because I have so much fun doing it. And I'm like, I don't know. Are we still having fun? I am. So I'm going to keep going. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. All That's right. Perfect. Well, we'll talk soon. We'll talk over on the uh, Facebook page. And everybody, t- just if you type in Pink Shade with Aaron Martin on Facebook, you can find our group and you just send me a request. Claire's over there. You can find me, of course, and everybody else. And it's a nice place to snark and uh, not be scared to do it. You don't have to be scared. No. It's a nice place. Don't right. be afraid of your freedom. Okay. That's right. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Thanks to Claire for coming on the podcast to talk about all of this reality TV stuff that we love together. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing this podcast on iTunes. Remember to join the Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook group page. And you can... Follow me at Erin Leah Martin always on Twitter and Instagram. I post fun stuff over there all throughout the week. And uh, of course, my recaps are on realitytea.com. I'm still recapping Love After Lockup. I will be doing so every week until that blessed, blessed show is over, at which time I will shed a wee tear because it is so fabulous. Remember, all of those fun Lifetime movies are coming up. The Tammy Faye Baker thing is coming up this Friday night, and I will be on the Jenny McCarthy show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109 this Friday to talk Housewives and the 90-day tell-all. So tune in for that if you have Sirius XM. And everyone who's joined the Patreon, thank you. I appreciate the support so much. You can head over to patreon.com slash pinkshade if you want to sign up today. It will unlock all back content for you and new content will be coming at you every single month. Thanks guys. Until next time, I will see you in reality. 